0: Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And tonight, whoo boy, uh, we're watching the three last episodes of Criminal Minds not to be about their recurring villain, the Face-Off Killer. So this is the last three normal episodes of Criminal Minds ever. Although I say normal, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it might not be the best word for anything this season. I... it...
1: Yeah, but I am left speechless. Yeah, it's a a bad season. To even call it, I mean, compared to normal episodes?
0: Yeah, these are some um, really bad ones. Yeah, they fit in with some of the worst of last season, easily. That's that's definitely true. Uh, Because of my hilarious oopsie last week, we're going to be talking (laughs) about three episodes this week. Five, seven, and eight. Sorry about that. Oh, I
1: think it worked out just fine because I think focusing on Reed for two episodes was yeah, just... Yeah, doing
0: a whole episode about Reed is, you're right, it's always, A, it's always fun, and B, it's kind of appropriate as the show comes close to wrapping up. Yeah, give you know... give Reed the focus he doesn't get in the final episode when Jeez. they, when, when the actress who plays Penelope Garcia decides that the show was really all about Penelope Garcia, and that's what we call in the business a conflict of interest.
1: <laughs> and and the showrunner let her do it. Oh, of course. Well,
0: the showrunner had other things on her mind.
1: <laughs> and so did the director of the there episode. But we'll get
0: there next uh, week. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, let's go for it. Uh the first episode is Ghost.
1: Ghost. When several people are shot in a rash of shootings in deplaine Illinois. The BAU realizes the crimes match those of a sniper they hunted down 15 years ago. But their assessment of the killings changes drastically when two of their own are kidnapped.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, the killings have gone, been going on for weeks at this point. Like, it started two weeks ago, and he shot a couple of people, and then he does the, sp- oh, well, he, they, you know, spoiler alert, it's a biker gang. Uh, they do the, um, the spree shooting at the park, but what bothered me about it when I was watching it, right, was, again, and I'm sure we talked about this the first time, how on earth did they not notice how weird it is that they were shot with 9 millimeter handgun bullets and not a rifle? Like, they Neither knew why. this the whole time. This yeah. is information that they should have already had, yet they're acting like it's an a sniper, which they insist on calling LDSK, because you know, branding is more <laughs> important than accuracy <laughs> when you're in the FBI, apparently. <laughs> uh, but anyway, right? Um, they they keep calling us, yes, uh, but the fact is, you know, they were shot with silenced nine millimeter pistols, so you have to know that before you get on the plane. So why are they acting like this is new information when they you know, find it out later? They've just confirmed it. They were shot with that. Well, they've already done autopsies on the first two victims. Or I think one of them didn't die, but that person had the bullet taken out of them. So, like, you've got evidence that these are 9 millimeter rounds. Also, and I can't stress this enough, handguns aren't that accurate at the best of times. Throw a silencer on a handgun, it becomes shockingly inaccurate. Meaning if you wanted to hit these people right, you had to hit them from uh you know fifteen feet away, maximum like no one is successfully hitting these people from a tree line a hundred feet away with a silenced pistol like it's just not it's not doable right well the well from my perspective
1: right i was when I was thinking about all of this. I mean, two things come up. Number, number one, when you stick a silencer on a pistol, doesn't, isn't the silencer bigger than the pistol?
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, the silencer is, it's true. If you want it to be effective, the silencer basically has to be longer than the pistol.
1: Yeah. You know, and so I'm sitting there thinking about this. And then I'm going, but in terms of the overall planning, why didn't they do?
0: Why didn't they just use a rifle? And I mean if the whole plan was to make it look like Timothy Omenson's crimes, why didn't they just use a rifle with a silencer? Spoiler alert, it's easier to get a rifle with a silencer than it is to get a pistol with a silencer, especially if you're guys like this. Like
1: Yeah, I like I I mean that that's what struck me like this time. I mean there are the things that struck us the first on the first one. Right? some of the oh jeez and but this time when i was watching it i'm going i'm thinking about this this biker group yeah right drug running group and i'm going no but some of them had to had to have been able to shoot a rifle of course and consequently why aren't they using a rifle because it doesn't st- serve the story like there is nothing that they learn because of the pistols because of the pistols that make any makes any real difference yeah so now they know there were two shooters Wow! Wah, wah, wah that doesn't affect anything
0: you could it, have had no. there be two different rifle calibers If you wanted them to figure out it had been two shooters. Like, yeah, yeah, like there's not, you're right. It doesn't aid the story that they were shooting with pistols. It just makes it less realistic.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. So I don't know why they did that. Particularly what they wanted them to know that this wasn't um, a ghost. (laughs) I mean, and that doesn't serve the BAU
0: at all. The BAU is going to come down if it's more like it. If it's more like it. The closer it is to Timothy Omenson's crimes from the first one, the more likely they're going to show up. So there's like literally no reason for these characters not to use a rifle from a story point or just for logic and practicality. Solving solving the crime. Yeah. Like, guess what? If it's a rifle, they're still not going to think that it's Timothy Omenson's ghost. And by the way... Like you're gonna find out if it's a team of guys when bikers kidnap your teammates. Yeah, like you don't need them to figure it out based on pistols be, beforehand. Because
1: they're they're still gonna send out the false the false alarm.
0: They're still yep. gonna do
1: all of those things. Oh yeah.
0: So they would do the me, same things in the same order. It wouldn't affect how anyone behaves. So why have this stupid extra detail?
1: So you know, and I mean. I, <laughs> Jim Clemente wrote this with somebody else.
0: Yeah, well, we all know how we feel about Jim Clemente's... Writing. Writing.
1: And and his. and his, But I... I like, you see, sometimes when I look... Okay, so Jim wrote this. Is this serving the FBI in any way? No. No, He's already yeah. retired. He's got his own company.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait, but, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no. But even if you're retired, you still serve the FBI because continuing to make the FBI look good ensures that you keep getting work for your company. Like yeah, and it, it ensures you have contact. So it's like it, he always has a financial there's also always a financial benefit for Jim Clemente making the FBI look good. But you're right, nothing this isn't one of those strange writing decisions he makes. Like when he said like when he oh my God, I'm blank when he's when he did a whole when they did a whole episode, I'm sure based on his insistence maybe he even wrote it we'd have to check about how richard jewell really was the olympic park bomber right (laughs) like that kind of episode you know jim clementi is just doing it because he's still got the fbi mindset and he's trying to make the fbi look good but an episode like this like i don't know why he's making these decisions
1: in fact in fact it would make it would make the fbi look the bau look better if it was a little more difficult
0: yeah Oh, absolutely
1: and it, it's not like rifles are hard, high-powered
0: rifles are hard to come by in America. Are hard
1: to come by in America. No, like
0: if you this can, was, set, you can literally just walk to a store and buy one.
1: Yeah, like I go go to one of your gun shows. You know, yeah. once you've decided this is what you're going to do. Oh yeah, it's not hard to get a gun. No, so it like that was that was my big big takeaway from this is I don't. I can't figure out why
0: they didn't use rifles to make it look yes. more like Timothy Omundson's crimes. Yeah. Like yeah. it just, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. So, you know, so second time around, like these episodes, first time when you're watching them, right? It's one thing, but second yeah. time, they're even worse.
0: Oh yeah. It's overwhelming. You know, um, How bad these things are the second time you watch them.
1: Yeah, and even watching the fights and the
0: I mean them just like the the it's not narcissism, but you know, like the the pridefulness of like, well, we've gotta have a great big action scene. We've never done one of those. And it's like we only get to do three more episodes after this that aren't about the face off killer. So let's have let's have a big action sequence where they're like, you know, diving behind things and shooting people and blowing things up. And I'm like, Really? Yeah. Really? That's Criminal Minds now? Yeah, I... Your call from this episode is, like, the thing that stuck with me when I was watching it this time, which is... Why on earth does Matt try to get himself killed and tortured? Yeah. A, he's got five kids. Five kids. B, it's not at all believable that a guy who works outside of the United States would, who never met the guy's brother, would have turned him as a CI. Mm -hmm. By comparison, you know, uh, Luke, Luke, thank you. I was about to say the actress name. This is embarrassing. Luke both works in the United States and is the actual person who arrested the brother. Mm -hmm. Why? It's, it, like, it makes sense on both fronts that Luke would take this hit. Why do they have Matt do it? Like, it's not logical, and it makes (laughs) him look terrible. Because he's friggin' risking his own life when he's got five kids. Sorry, Luke. You've got no one counting on you. You've got a dog, and Garcia will take that dog. The dog will be fine. Yes.
1: Rosie is going to become Garcia's dog, one way or another.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's true, you're right. (laughs) I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're completely (laughs) right. No, but either way, like, the dog's gonna be fine, you know? And you've already broken up with your doctor girlfriend at this point, so there you go. Uh, Like, it just, like, that whole scene bothers me so much, because they just have Matt, like, being extra noble. But you're not being noble, you're being stupid, because it, A... You got a family to worry about. B, it actually makes the plan less likely to succeed since you so patently, obviously, d- couldn't know. I couldn't have turned this guy because that wasn't your job. And again, this guy knows that wasn't your job because, like, you were the you guy know. hunting him in Italy. Yeah. It's
1: I so know. It's Frustrating. I yeah it was it was as I said, all of these are the problems that you see the first time around that you yeah. can't really answer, and then you look at them the second time and you're just going, it's even worse, it's even stupider, yeah, and that that whole fight, and then you know of course our you know the the you know the the cavalry shows up just in time, just
0: in the nick of time, yep,
1: and then but, you, you know. have. You know, you have Matt. You know, looking I, like it was the looks on their faces and yeah. stuff. I know what the director told them to do, but I just, I th- these these shows have lost yeah any any sort of when you do when you set them up to do something so stupid.
0: Yeah, you've lost all connection to believability. Yeah, realism. with these I characters again, I mean, you like these yeah.
1: characters how long? And this is what we get?
0: This is where we end up. I know. This is
1: where we end up? It's like, you've had a show for 15, 14 years. Yeah. Do you not know who your characters are?
0: Yeah, that's kind of a huge problem. Uh, yeah, It I really mean, is. Also, you know? again, and I know, I'm sure I harped on this the first time, but I want to say it one more time. We are asked to believe that the reason the biker gang went along with the plan to kidnap these FBI agents... Was because they thought, well, if we're constantly shooting people in parks and the cops think they're next, then there'll be zero people on the street when we do our drug deal so we can do it completely, you know, uh, completely uh, in secrecy. To which I respond, but there being no one on the street means that your guys driving trucks full of drugs around is going to look suspicious. Well, yes,
1: that So like safe. not
0: even the like not even the reason why the biker gang went along with it makes sense.
1: No, particularly since the people who were providing the drugs yeah. are now really upset
0: because the FBI has and all these other cops has shown up. I know, like obviously and I mean I can understand why they did it anyway. This guy wants revenge so badly, he doesn't care about the drug deal. But yeah. why does the rest of the gang think this is a good idea?
1: Yeah, and I... Yes, and, like, you don't have any setup. You don't see this guy as as a super smart leader nope. of a bunch of guys. Like, he doesn't
0: He's seem... He's not super smart. He's not charima- charismatic. You don't get the sense that he, like, holds, like, uh, is complete control of these people no, in any Flea meaningful is... way.
1: Flea is more of a...
0: Yeah, more of a leader guy. and a manager than he is, yeah. So, so what, the other
1: guy provided all the money to buy the drugs, so therefore he gets to call the shots? Maybe. I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to find a reason why they're following this guy down this stupid rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. And again, um, how much more effective if this episode if Eric... Oh my god, I call him Eric. If Luke actually did... I mean, I know we said this the first time. Actually did get the guy's brother to turn on him, yeah. and that's why the guy's brother got killed. And it actually is Luke's fault. Mm-hmm. That's much more effective storytelling, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. And it would make a lot more... Like, all of it would make sense. I mean, I still, as I said, what? Luke, Luke and and Matt sit down and talk about all of these old cases and things?
0: Yeah.
1: I, You know?
0: Yeah, you, know but you gotta understand, they're brothers. Because they both served. And you never leave oh, a frigor, I know, I know I know, I know, I know.
1: I am going to, I tell you, I am, I am getting so fed up, so fed up with this macho crap. I know. About the military. Yes, well, you know, they're there alone. They don't have their families and they don't have anything else. And therefore they have the only ones that they can depend on. Are, are one another and i'm arms. going yeah and guess what maybe yeah. the spartans this is what i thought last night when i was watching this right i'm going because i'm of course working on my um i'm looking at ancient warfare and stuff and i've just started reading this book on ancient warfare but okay. i'm sitting there going maybe the spartans had it right that You they know? were all they- gay couples yeah, they're all gay couples because at least that makes sense about <laughs> why they're why they're so why close they're acting like
0: things. this and why they emotionally, yeah, why they do and this, you know. So oh, their bond is so important between us. Yeah. yeah, you
1: know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is just like, I mean, we used to make fun of things like football and the rest of it. In but no, yeah,
0: the military, stuff. yeah, about the the subtle homosexuality or homoeroticism at least yeah right the coat homoeroticism of football but yeah there's this whole layer of it in the military that you know does not get talked about that much then again american military founded by a gay man who was kicked out of prussia for being gay so you know (laughs) there is that is at the root of the institution (laughs) literally a guy who was like a brilliant military commander but it's Prussia. They didn't like that he was gay. So he got kicked out of the country and George Washington was like, we don't know how to be in an army. Can you teach us how to be an army? And he did a gay Prussian general. It, Literally but... too gay for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that's who built America's army. And that's not a lie. That's part of it. That's not me being sarcastic. Oh. That's an actual part of history. You can look not- up.
1: Well, yeah, and you can look up a whole stack of things, right? But I'm sitting here going this this whole business of Brothers in Arms. The military the military and war determines gender identity, sexuality yep. construction.
0: How do you prove everything. you're a man if you don't go to war? I know. Yeah,
1: and you know, and and killing and then of course the 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 thing that follows from that is the raping.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And yep you know and then you leave your seed all over the place like oh, yeah. I don't know why anybody seems to think that they they can ever ever get a pure I know white gender identity are you kidding me
0: no the amount that you know uh all sorts of foreign quote unquote bloodlines have intermingled over the years over through... the
1: millennia over, yeah,
0: over the over millennia the no it's millennia insane the idea that there all. is any kind of a pure bloodline in existence is absurd
1: it's absurd i mean the vikings did it the northern germans did it the thunes right you yep. know all of these people and they the all Mongols went down. did it they moved down and they moved <laughs> in and sometimes some of them went native just like like they talk about like the Brits, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes, like, you know, they would talk about when they were at the height of their empire, yeah. that some of them would go native. You see the extreme case, of course, in Heart of Darkness, Conrad. Yeah. Right? But at the height of this, they would talk. There's, there's, you
0: know. The, like, one of the um, biggest fear they had was, and this is true, one of the biggest fear that the British had Was that the people they had running these, you know, corporate outposts, because that's what they were, would start to see the people who lived there as as fully, equally human to British people. And that's what they called, you know, going native. They like, no, these are perfectly valid ways to live. And they started living like the locals. Yeah. And it was only by like objectifying the locals and thinking of them as something less than British that you could run an empire. So the thing they were scared of most was the idea of, and they called it going native as a pejorative, but it's really just seeing that the people on this part of the world are also fully human.
1: Yeah. And it's, and, um, it, it is very interesting because they had that long term. It's one of the reasons why the foreign service these days, yeah. they move you.
0: Around too much,
1: they yeah. move you every three to five years. Five years would be the absolute maximum you'd ever stay in so a post. They never
0: want you to feel like you're a part of the place you live,
1: so that you don't have any kind of connection there. Connections there, right? I mean, yeah. and and speaking about that, I could I could see it happening. I mean, I was I was definitely setting down roots in Australia. Yeah. You no, know, there was no there was no question in terms of friends,
0: children yeah you build a social a whole, network wherever you go,
1: I had, a and if you have kids network.
0: there, they are kids of that country, yeah, that's like, just what happens,
1: like one of my children, Yeah. except that we left yeah. right we were we were moved out like it as um but yeah, I mean, and that's why, and you part of why, and the military is the same sort of thing that they move them around again because they don't so they don't get to yeah so that the military and
0: familiar their... and they don't have roots in a place
1: yeah and because it that's... creates
0: divided loyalties or it could yeah. create divided lawyers.
1: and it and it can even with sort like it's even when they move them around within a country. And I'm just going the instability, and you can we don't see a lot of that, right? The instability yeah. that occurs.
0: I do I do not know one military family. There right? is no such thing as a military brat that doesn't have an attachment disorder. Yeah, that's just a fact. Like like, like just...
1: I, I'm just I'm thinking about all of my friends. Who were one way or another in the yeah. military, and of course, one of our classic cases would be um, Jim Morrison of the Doors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> On the blue bus, right? right. Um, it is this. It is so Janis Joplin.
0: Yeah.
1: Even right, but there, it's um, it it's so so hard you know Mm -hmm. um this this business i don't know how how did we get here
0: we were talking about the the fetishization of military brotherhood as the ultimate connection that people can have
1: thank you sorry for sorry for
0: allowing you to go down that rabbit hole but i think i think it went to an interesting place
1: well it isn't like i mean it made sense to start but it was the thing that the second time around that finally i just like I've bothered you the most, before, yeah. but That was the thing. Outside of the fact that I couldn't figure out why this drug group followed this did guy any and of, did, oh yeah, did,
0: no, any did anything of them well. they did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so another thing, and that I'll just mention in here before we move on, is I, I do love my, my like my favorite moment in the episode though. In this terrible, terrible episode, is so they've already figured out who the bad guy is. They've already figured out that Matt and uh that that Matt and Luke were both responsible for him and his brother's arrest right yeah. and then you're like we've got to figure and then i don't remember if it's Emily or JJ it i wouldn't surprise me with JJ cuz she gets a lot of stupid lines yeah like i feel sorry for AJ Cook she consistently wins the most prentice awards yeah. they'd give JJ the worst lines and she delivers them as best she can but it's yeah. it's bad but anyway, whoever it is it's like we've got to figure out what his grudge against the two of them is. And I'm like, they put him in jail. I don't, I don't understand why you need more than that. And yeah, they also got his brother killed, but like you already know that they're the ones that arrested him and put him in jail. Why do you think you need another level of grudge beyond that? Yes, there is one, but why do you think there's one?
1: Okay. Okay. There. Yes. Why should you? Well, because that's part of the. That's probably in the book. You know, the writing template they get.
0: Yeah. The, um, the, the okay. characters know that there's always got to be a second twist.
1: Okay. Here's the. Here's the really, really stupid thing that came up for me. Please.
0: Okay. It's,
1: when did the FBI get those horrible greeny outfits? <laughs> the Outfits they were wearing I in did. this episode. I did. Yeah. I mean. They, they look horrible on all of them. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get a good shot, uh, a, a good look at the, at the, um, the, you know, the FBI patch. Yes. If, if it was a patch, right? What, where's their blue jackets? Where's, I know. <laughs> they're wearing there? these weird green
0: things suddenly. The last episode, you're gonna change how these guys are dressed? <laughs> what the hell, show? Also, oh, no. and I mean, um, nope. the, one thing that bothered me for a very silly reason, but I will say it, is, like, I don't understand why they gotta be so secret. Um, like, the, the show continues this weird myth about how criminal organizations are run. Which is that it's like, nobody can find out I'm a rat, blah, 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 uh, about the, the guy. Because, of course, he doesn't want people to find out he's an FBI agent, but he's like, no one could know I ratted out these other gang. Um, Yeah, gangs rat each other out to the FBI all the time. That's a completely normal thing in the world of crime for one criminal organization to use law enforcement to get a, uh, to get, you know, um, an advantage over another criminal organization. That happens. There is no honor among thieves. The idea of honor among thieves is ludicrous if you ask a thief, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's just an insane idea. All the time. Like, this guy, I'm not saying he should, but this FBI agent would get in zero trouble with the rest of his gang. Where would just say to them, oh, yeah, um, you know how that gang that we hate and are opposed to is, sh- is operating in our territory in a violation of our agreement? Yeah, I sicked the FBI on them. And then the next day they're all dead, and everyone would say, hey, thanks, buddy, great job, Killing Uh, off our competition via the, using the FBI to kill off our our competition competition. without risking any of our lives. It's called high fives all around. Oh yeah, it would be. Uh, It would be high uh, fives all around for that man. But they act like, no, no one could find out. Well, no, that's not, (laughs) Gangs are not like an organization that has treaties with one another in any meaningful way.
1: And the thing is, is that this is, I, I mean, has nobody watched um Sons of Anarchy? I know! <laughs> Clearly I... nobody on this show has ever watched Sons of Anarchy.
0: These are scumbags!
1: These are all scumbags.
0: They all betray each other constantly. It's fine. It's expected you know, <laughs> you're in an agreement with these people until the moment you're shooting at each other, and that moment usually doesn't take too long to arrive God, there's a show
1: we should do, Sons of Anarchy
0: Oh, God Sons of Anarchy is fascinating, because it has such a good first season and then, the problem is the creator fell in love with the biker lifestyle so he couldn't criticize the characters anymore yeah, he it couldn't was... live in a world where all of these men aren't noble cowboy saints who the world just doesn't understand yeah and it's I like know. and after that first season it's a terrible show for 6 years yeah
1: i know but it it is the same kind of show for us that criminal oh, yeah. minds
0: where it's worth yeah. analyzing because of what it says about america well-
1: well, yeah, not only that, it's just that you keep watching it even when you know it is no, terrible. It's
0: terrible. I, and I, the, I watched all of it. I'm not gonna pretend I didn't.
1: Oh, and I watched it right to the end and there's yeah. and we used to talk about it the way we talk about yeah, this show. Life, I, I love the music. I just absolutely love John the Revelator, the version I that I do. I <laughs> but but the show but the moral dilemmas all of that sort of stuff and how they're not dealing, but at least they killed off people.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's you true. You know,
1: I mean, they at didn't... least they <laughs> had
0: the guts to kill people off in this bleak world. In this but bleak,
1: horrible, yeah. god awful world, it was. But
0: I but it's couldn't like, wait. Honestly, for the, next the... Season. it's true. Well, no, but I mean, see the problem with Sons of Anarchy. And we'll move. I promise we'll move back to Criminal Minds after I say <laughs> this. Is that it was like a show that was not written by. Like, um, smart people, or they thought the audience was stupid. Because if you watch, if you watch the show, you will find out. If you watch this, I'm going to say something about the show, Sons of Anarchy. And if you ever watch it, or if you have watched it, you're going to realize this. Every time the characters from Sons of Anarchy get into an insurmountable problem, <laughs> it is solved because the guys they are in an insurmountable problem with. Trust them implicitly and take no precautions. So when the Sons of Anarchy betray them and kill them all, they're like completely shocked that this could happen <laughs> every time. Well, yeah, it's like, but the Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy are constantly betraying people. Why does anyone trust them?
1: I mean, you get to the end of the season and you go, "How the hell are they going to get them out of this one?" And watching Ron Perlman is worth. Oh well, watching the Ron the whole... Perlman
0: is is a national treasure, obviously.
1: and Katie Sagel.
0: Yeah, Katie Sagal's wonderful. As the the ultimate (laughs) villain of the show, Katie (laughs) Sagal. As as the the real villain of the entire show. No, but it's fascinating, because, like, every single season, it's like, oh, uh, how are we going to get at this one? Well, what if the people who are mad at us are idiots? Oh, yeah, it turns out they're all idiots. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Problem solved. Problem
1: solved. Every
0: single time.
1: And I'm sorry, but there's greater consistency in characterization
0: and everything else, right? Oh, to- no, no, absolutely. I, I am okay. not going to say that there isn't. Okay, uh, they're all terrible people, but there is consistency in their awfulness. Their- <laughs> in their
1: awfulness and in their indecisions and the, the decisions that they make. make a oh, lot no,
0: absolutely. Better. And honestly, that show... um, uh, you you want to see a truly great performance. Kim Coates, over the seven oh. seasons of that show, is magnificent. <laughs> Most interesting <laughs> character in the history of the show, Kim Coates. But anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on to our next episode, 1507.
1: Oh, Rusty! And I did double check,
0: and you're right. Well, no, I'm not right. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, um, you are sort of right, though. Do the description, I, we please. We'll that. explain what we're talking about in a second.
1: Okay. When three men are brutally decapitated in Denver, the BAU links the crimes to a psychotic delusion involving false memories and the Schrodinger equation. Meanwhile, Prentice is forced to evaluate her future with special agent Andrew Mendoza,
0: who she is in a long distance relationship with. Okay, so uh, I'm going to apologize to the writers right at the start uh the killer does call the giant goat man rusty once mm. he does but honestly it goes by so quickly and he's yelling and it's hard to tell what he says so it's not unusual that both of us missed it the first okay, time okay
1: but i went back i i went back and looked at this again And when he's screaming Rusty, and he's screaming Rusty. He's not
0: screaming it to, you're right, he's not screaming it.
1: Rusty doesn't show up. He's screaming it, calling for him to show up. And he's not showing up.
0: No, and And so as a result, it's hard for us to, it's hard for the audience to understand that what he's yelling is the name of the goat monster.
1: Yeah, because you have a break. Yeah. Like you have maybe a five second, ten second break, and before and then because he's dealing with the children and then he looks back and rusty's there
0: exactly and he doesn't but, say oh rusty there you are or something yeah, like that but, Yeah. so yeah no no i mean it's it's understandable and i mean i stand by our statement that rusty should have been called rusty a bunch of times if you want that ending to uh-huh. land and the ending doesn't land but i am wrong in my statement that he never says the name rusty in the episode but right. I am right yeah. about my criticism that the people working on the episode thought it was clear that the goat man was named Rusty because it says it over and over again in the script. Yes. But, and they didn't realize how unclear it was to the audience.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that again, you know, I mean, this is something that could have been picked up in the editing room. In fact, when he yelled Rusty that time, if Rusty all of a sudden shows up and said, yes, yes. Right, that's all it would have. taken. Oh,
0: I am here. That's all it would have taken. Yeah, but you're right. Like even the one time he yells Rusty, Rusty comes by so much later. It's not even clear that he was talking to Rusty. So you're yeah. you are right about that part completely.
1: You know, you're and and you would almost think that that was his child's name, except you know it's not his child's name. Exactly. His child he was Ethan, I think. I, yeah,
0: it's not important what his child's nah. name is, but you're probably right. And this has the the single dumbest line in the entire season. Mm-hmm. Which is them looking at the body in the court, like finding out that the body's head was cut off with two strokes really quickly, and having I don't even remember who now, you know, JJ or T- uh, Tara or somebody say the 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 wound look like the the attack is almost transactional.
1: <laughs>
0: what are you talking about?
1: What are you talking about? I
0: didn't, they don't understand transactional. They don't understand. Oh, no, no. Like, they do understand what transactional means because that line, that dumbest line in the entire season, is a setup for later when Matt says, wait a minute, you said the beheading looked transactional. Maybe he's trying to trade these severed heads. For something with the per- with the- the delusion he's having. And that's what gets them to the whole he must want his son back thing. But in it's all based on her having said that the- injuries look transactional. Yeah, but injuries it's can't look. Well, well, it's not- An injury can't be transactional. That's my point. <laughs> well, and the- po- and here-
1: here- here-, here the, the thing that- yeah. And I think we already talked about this. We did.
0: We absolutely
1: did. Because, because, and then it's this whole business of multiverses. Oh, I know. They don't friggin, who did, what do they, they use some science fiction show and talk about multiverses? Uh, Doctor Who, they mentioned. Doctor uh, Who? What are you talking about, Doctor Who? Why
0: Doctor don't Who doesn't just... go to multiverses. No. He doesn't. He time travels. Uh, who to be fair never. he is well no not never a, a, once or twice he has gone to an alternate dimension but basically never does doctor who deal with alternate dimensions it's all just time travel
1: And like, uh, why didn't they just say Star Trek?
0: Yeah Star Trek goes to alternate dimensions all the time. All of Star Trek. The mirror uh, like, universe is a whole thing in every Star Trek show.
1: Every like every
0: Star single Trek. one. Yeah. yeah. Deals you with have, the mirror universe and, and where the, the Nazis one, won.
1: Yeah, and the, the best one is is um uh the the um is Deep Space
0: Nine. Oh yeah, Deep Space Nine the have, mirror universe was the best mirror universe. Yes, yeah,
1: they have a consistent.
0: Oh yeah, they go back there a few times. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same mirror universe for the other one, but yeah, like they, it's consistent. It's fantastic, honestly. Uh but yeah, like no, Doctor Who is the worst show dimension if you're talking going, sci-fi. Yeah. And I was going alternate doc- dimensions, Doctor yeah. Who.
1: Doctor Who. Or, excuse me, he goes into the past.
0: Although I, I think know, my f- my favorite when they're talking about the Mandela effect, though, that was is that it's that's... like yeah, when they're talking about the Mandela effect, I think my favorite one was uh. That it's like the Berenstein Bears. Some people remember Berenstain. No, it's Berenstain. Some people remember Berenstein or Berenstine. <laughs> it's actually Berenstain. She says it backwards. Yeah,
1: well, she the writers... says
0: it as if the real one is the one people are remembering wrong.
1: Well, it's, But we already ta- sort of
0: we talked. Did, no, about we, this. we talked about this. It's the
1: time. Mandela effect, and I'm just going. No, this isn't a Mandela effect.
0: No. Uh, this, there no, is
1: yeah. nothing with this guy, from my way watching this the second time, I'm going. Yeah. Why did they bring up the Mandela effect?
0: because yeah, someone had read a web page, website about it, like while they were writing the episode. Like, no, this guy thinks he's in an alternate dimension, and right, and yeah, that that is kind of what the Mandela effect believes, but it's not relevant to what he's doing. He's a scientist believe something sciency has happened, and the Mandela Mandela effect is people just don't remember their own media from their childhood very well. Is all the Mandela effect is,
1: which is why, which is why it's really fun going back and watching some of these really old shows from the fifties and sixties.
0: And And I'm looking at this right at all
1: late fifties, late sixties. Some of it I remember correctly. Some of it I'm just going. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a perfect example. Like, the thing,
0: (laughs) before they invent, well, yeah, before they invented the Mandela effect, like, um, the, the ideas of Star Trek, right? Uh, get mixed up with people's memories of Star Trek. Nobody ever says, beam me up, Scotty. That's just, you know, in the entire run of the show. No one actually says, beam me up, Scotty, but that became integrally linked with the show. No one ever said, he doesn't say, play it again, Sam, but that became uh, locked in with Casablanca. People don't have good memories, and the cultural version of a show becomes what people remember, not what the show actually was. And then when people go
1: back and watch it, sometimes they go, oh. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: Captain Kirk never really hit on alien ladies. That's not a part of Star Trek. He was not a lecherous guy who was always getting on with the alien ladies. That's people's memories of the show and the cultural version of Star Trek. We
1: have to blame, though. Come on. Oh,
0: Shatner for that. We have to
1: blame Bill for this one.
0: Oh, no. But but I'm saying that's not (laughs) part of Star Trek. And it never was. He was famously, uh, like, if you look at Star Trek, he was basically just a nerd in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a, A nerd- his entire life who was only obsessed with becoming a spaceship captain and only had one significant relationship in his life who ended up being the mother of his son.
1: Yes. Well, he did have that other relationship that could have been so traumatic. Spock had to erase it from his memory.
0: Well, yes, there was that, (laughs) That, but that was, you know, part of the plot. And yeah, we all all know, we all remember that scene. Yeah.
1: But I mean, you know, I, Yeah that's what we're talking about. This guy is not why they brought it into, as you said, the writers went looking for things and decided that that would, no, Yeah. Uh, it's, has it's nothing not even to do with this has nothing to do with it. And they don't even, it doesn't even, I don't even know why it would have been brought up because yeah. no, he's, he is because he was a physicist. He was, mm-hmm. and he was, he is into, the idea of multiverses yeah. and that's that all is you need the solution so when he comes out of his coma that's the solution he goes this can't be I I must have w- woken up in a multiverse
0: and exactly. I have to get back my son's to- not really dead I've moved into another dimension because that yes. is the you're right because he's a physicist yes. that is the form his delusion takes yeah yeah and it, in the yeah. same way that if he was religious he yeah. would be committing these murders to God to bring his son back to life.
1: Yeah, something along those lines. That yeah. would make all he's of those doing, things. He's doing,
0: like, he's angry at himself. And, I mean, the psychology of the character makes perfect sense. Yeah. He's angry at it himself. He can't kill himself, so he takes it out on other fathers. Yeah. Right? And the he has created a framework where he's doing it to get his son back. To justify it to himself. Like, it, it makes sense logically. Yep. It's just adding this Mandela effect conversation is complete gibberish. Yep. Or indeed gibberish.
1: Yes, and they uh, don't understand. And if you don't watch science fiction, don't bring it up.
0: I know, right? You yeah, know, the Doctor you Who thing has Doctor really Who. pissed you off.
1: Oh, the Doctor Who thing pissed me off no end. I, I mean, can tell. Particularly it since, since it's so easy. The American cultural science fiction show is Star Trek. It is. Or Star Wars,
0: maybe. But Star, yeah, but Star Trek, Wars can't conceivably be talked about with alternate dimensions. Whereas, no. Uh, Star Wars no. obviously can. Sorry, Star Trek. Star- oh, Star- how am I always doing Star- this backwards? Sorry about that.
1: But Star Trek and Star Trek has been on TV forever. And we now have two new Star Trek shows
0: right now. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's I'm more relevant it than next- ever, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, then we get the whole, the whole side plot with the, um, with the corrupt uh, social worker where it's like, this goes nowhere yeah, and it's ridiculous, especially because the stupidest thing in that storyline is the idea that she's corrupt and guilty because she told him to claim it was black ice that led to his son getting beheaded because she didn't want to find out that she got him his son when he had two DUIs. And he, you know, the son must have been killed because of drunk driving. So she crafted a cover up to which I would say, but he was hospitalized. He was in a coma for six weeks during that time when, spoiler alert, uh, when the, when the cops find take you, it. well, no, when the cops find you in a crashed car with your he- son with his head cut off and they look at your license and the search finds out you've been drunk twice, bu- like been drunk driving twice before. They're going to test your blood while you're still unconscious. And they're legally empowered to do that. They don't need your permission. No. They're legally empowered to check your blood and they would have checked a blood. And if there had been alcohol in his blood, he would have been charged with murdering his son. I mean, criminally negligent homicide, but yeah. murdering his son. So nothing the social worker said could have done anything about it. And all of this would have happened while he was still in a coma. He would have woken up into a world where he was charged with the death of his son.
1: And he would have been marched into jail as soon as he was able to walk.
0: Exactly. And by the way, this guy's so full of guilt and nightmarish, he wouldn't probably, you know, have either A, just accepted that blithely, or that would have been all the more reason for him to decide that this was a an alternate dimension because I couldn't possibly have murdered my son, blah, 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 blah. So like this. And he thing... would have ended up in a
1: psych institution.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. He would never
1: have been allowed out.
0: Well, to no, I mean, yeah, I, I gotta say, well, no, you say never will lie out. you, you underestimate how little money America puts into its psychological institutions. Their well, job yeah. is to get people out of there as quickly as possible because they have no money.
1: Yes, but if he is, if if it's a criminal, whatever, you can criminal referral. Yeah, you know, you can just see. Yes, maybe it would be. He's
0: been in for seven years. That's about the amount of time he would be in jail for killing his son. So that that part isn't him getting out. Isn't that crazy? Just because. He did kill his son. Yeah. But killing children isn't a crime. Killing your own children isn't a crime America takes particularly seriously. There's this weird thing in American law where if you murder a child, you'll go to jail forever. But if you kill your own child, they're like, well, it was your property five years. Uh, Well, we're not going down that rabbit hole. No, we're not going down that road, but that is that is a weird quirk in American law.
1: Well, but it's been a weird quirk. I've already talked about Martin Luther.
0: So, in previous episodes... Spare the rod, spoil the child. If your kid gets beaten to death, they just got to God sooner. Uh, You know, accidentally
1: dies while you're disciplining them.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that way you know their soul was clean when they went to God. It sounds like I'm being flipped. This is what Martin Luther actually believed and preached. I'm being glib, but this is not us lying. This is the actual sentiments of Martin Luther. You can look that up. The yes. founder of the Protestantism.
1: Well, of Lutheranism at any rate.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you've heard it. Come on.
1: Come on. You guys, if... Now, there are people who come new to this show, and I don't know why That's you true. at the end coming new to the show, but you might <laughs> be, right? You will... When you go way, way back, you will... When you start at the beginning again, and you will run across <laughs> episodes where... I will talk specifically about, like, we make these cracks about German child rearing all the time. Yes. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, things are not that bad anymore. Well, but, of course not. But, right? There is a lot of, you just have to look and it's in, it's interwoven into Christianity mm-hmm. and therefore you have these.
0: And the two are inextricably linked.
1: And you have, and therefore you have to, the minute that you believe this is how it goes, that the Bible itself is the absolute word, infallible word, word of God, of God you're, yeah. you've you got a real problem in terms of getting rid of child abuse, mm-hmm. sexual abuse of children, all the rest of it. That was my dissertation. So, boom.
0: Oh. And it's a really good dissertation. Can people find that online?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good. online.
0: All right, good. Sheila Redmond, Hell is for Children.
1: <laughs> well, it's that's not what it's called. That's I know that's not what people. it's called. No, it's
0: called but you just look for Sheila
1: Ann Redmond. That's P. the tech that's G. the
0: technical. That's and the that's the if you decided to publish it as a book title, as I keep telling you to do. Yeah, I know. Um, yes. Uh, but, but that's I a did whole all other of conversation. that, you know. Yes. I know. Never oh, mind. Yes. It's it's a story people don't want to hear. But anyway, I just thought that was worth mentioning. All right, but yes, uh fundamentally the whole plot line where uh where chloe from 24 is corrupt and has to be blackmailed into helping them it just it doesn't make sense well because she wouldn't have been able to cover up this crime no so it it honestly seems like they're just taking a drive-by at social workers well for no for no real reason
1: well yeah well except that it's not the first time so no that's true
0: (laughs) that's true you're right. It wouldn't be the first time they've done. No,
1: that. no, no. They've done. They've done the drive-by. I don't like
0: social workers over at criminal. Well,
1: Games. and the, that's that's the bizarre thing because at the same time they always talk about how the system is overworked. Yep. Right, and they don't have enough money and all of these sorts of things, and therefore people have too many cases. I mean, and it's true. I mean, she gets away with it because she has too many cases.
0: So many cases and that there's no oversight.
1: There's no real oversight on your
0: cases, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's true. It happens. There is, I mean, it happens in Canada.
0: Oh, but yeah, I have no that's, problem believing yeah. that. But then, but to decide she's a villain, the way the show decides she's a villain instead of an incredibly overworked person who was just trying to help this guy get his son back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy to me.
1: Well, no, I mean, but it's, as I said, it's the drive-wise they take, like they, it's, it's one of those weird things in Criminal Minds where, they actually give you the problem of why some of these people do these things. And then they still slam those people for doing the things, I know, they do. you know, and you just go, it's like, here's the
0: giant systemic issue creating this uh, problem. And now let's say it's all personal uh, v- responsibility, responsibility and that you got, that you did what you did.
1: Heaven well, forbid you know, it, there it,
0: Yeah, it's like, you are forbid. so close to being woke, criminal minds. Criminal minds. You know the systemic it. problems are there, but you can't admit the systemic problems,
1: problems are there. Yeah.
0: Actually, cause this stuff.
1: Okay, so, so let's it's move fascinating. on. Fascinating.
0: To... All right, let's move on to the uh, final yeah, episode. But
1: it is one of the one of the defining <laughs> things most of criminal minds.
0: Char- yeah, no, you're right. It is one of the most defining characteristics of criminal yeah. minds is okay. this unwillingness to lay the blame where it belongs.
1: Yeah, well, right, apart, at least a good good portion of the blame, there's. Anyway, never mind. We don't want to get into this. Although, you know, we're moving into family trees. So what else are we doing? I know, right? Okay. When the bodies of businessmen and prostitutes turn up in Beaumont, Texas, the BAU finds themselves facing a killer with conflicting realities. Meanwhile, Prentice and JJ both grapple with decisions they must make on unexpected job offers. So, yes, this and I did actually watch it friggin again.
0: Okay, me too. This Today? is the episode we accidentally watched last week. It's quite embarrassing, but we did. We did. Uh, so, um, And I-, I will say, both times, I'm like, yeah, I understand why I forgot this episode existed. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was thinking about the final season, I'm like, okay, well, there's the stupid bomber episode, there's the evil goat episode, there's the terrible episode about the... There's the terrible episode about the the... What do you call it? The, the revenge sniper thing. But this episode didn't make it into my list at all. Like, no, it, it just, just kind of slides list.
1: over. It's a, a non entity. Yeah. It just, it, like, I.
0: There's nothing it, to it.
1: Watched it last week and then listened to it again. Well, I actually didn't watch it fully. I listened to it fully.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: In, in well, some it's way, funny because you, know, you get in
0: this episode, so was... uh, I don't know if it was this episode or last episode, but you get the funny joke at the beginning where they're criticizing their own show because they're talking about a terrible TV show Garcia watches. And I, yes. I think it was last week where a lady, a blonde lady got, you know, almost killed. No, no, killed. that's this week. Oh, that is this week. Okay. Oh, yeah. A blonde lady got almost killed and she was back at work a week later. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like. You know, instead of making fun of what a badly written show you work on, maybe just write your show better. (laughs) Like, they think they're being cute, but you're just admitting you know you're doing a bad job and not choosing to do a better job. Okay, now here... That doesn't make me respect you more, people. Makes me respect you less. Okay, here we go. Bruce Zimmerman wrote
1: this episode. So Bruce Zimmerman did a drive-by and <laughs> obviously on, his own show. on his own show. And ob- on this last season, he yeah. does a drive-by, and I'll give you 10 to 1, the actresses didn't even pick it up.
0: <laughs> oh, so mean. Probably right, but so mean.
1: <laughs> so mean. Oh. I have listened. And you'll notice Prentice never does a commentary.
0: I have noticed that, which is She's weird. It's like a- I wonder how little she must think of this show because i've seen her interviewed so many times about all of her various comedy projects and she like doesn't talk about criminal minds at all the only time i've ever heard a story about her in criminal minds is that wonderful story i uh i told you about um about what dan Harmon said which is when they were on a going to a flight together right because she was on community for the last season and they were going to promote it for Yahoo. And she, um, she said, uh, I know we're in line together and we're sitting next to each other and playing, but stand six people behind me in the, uh, in the customs line and don't make it look like we're together. He's like, why? And she's like, you'll see. And so gets to the customs and, uh, she walks up there and she gets selected for, you know, more intense and full yeah. going through her bag because, and as she explains to him later, yeah, that happens. I have to get everywhere half an hour early. Because everyone on Earth is a fan of Criminal Minds. <laughs> and everyone wants to meet me. So <laughs> cops will always <laughs> abuse their power to get to spend some time with me. Because everybody loves Criminal Minds. <laughs> but it's like, it's, no, she never does commentaries. She never talks about the show. Like, Derek Except, talked about all the show the to- uh, all the time, right? He did two you know, commentaries. He did two, two. commentaries. You know? yeah. Like, the actor's... A j. Cook has done commentaries yeah uh oh, has Joe Montagna done commentaries i don't i no, I would have but... to check for Thomas Gibson and Joe montaigne.
1: Joe Montaigne, I don't. I'd have to think about it because Penelope does. Then Matt, no, oh God, wow,
0: Penelope does all the time because she writes episodes. Matt Goobler does. And... Oh, Matt Go- again, like famous director Matt Goobler, he's can't <laughs> not do. I it's just uh, the thing is, yeah. Thomas Gibson directed a ton of episodes, and I'm trying to remember if he ever did a commentary. Oh,
1: hmm. it might have in the early in the early days.
0: And of course, Mandy Patinkin didn't, because you know. <laughs> he wasn't there very long no but that's yeah. interesting to say no, it is weird that emily hasn't done a bunch of commentaries but yeah, I, again i don't know that she thinks much of the show
1: no she made well she made that that one she's there is on the av club there yes. is that one lengthy interview, interview that somebody did with her and uh she was not saying
0: good things nice i mean they were not about the mandy
1: patinkin bad
0: but yeah she but, was clearly not happy with the process,
1: and it was it was more sort of yes, and who knows, you know, and I suspect they offered her too much money to say no.
0: Oh no, they needed her to rescue the show and money, money, money. And it's like I again, we do not begrudge people a paycheck almost ever. Well, no, we have because to do something really for the, awful for us for to uh, begrudge yeah. you a paycheck,
1: and for these for these these people, it it's a lot of money which will allow them to go and do. Whatever they, Whatever do, they want, and Prentice does some off,
0: off. Um, Honestly, but it's like I I listen. I don't know about you. I listen to podcasts all the time, and she is a constant, you know, feature in comedy podcasts. Yeah. For example, like she does a lot. She still does a huge amount of comedy work. Yeah. All the time, so but it's like I, she's yeah. never left her first uh, passion. So, let's yeah. actually get to this really mediocre episode. <laughs> Do we have it's to just Well no, but it's just so basic like it is such um I mean it's a cliche for the show, it's not interesting at all. It's just so flat and so like you can't care about this guy in the least. No. I don't care about his crime, I don't care about his journey, I don't care about his, you know, absent father and his drug addict mother. Like I just I I just cannot get any investment in what's happening in this episode. It's so frustrating because the show like so desperately needs you to get on board for this. And I'm like, I'm watching, I'm like, I just, I don't care. Like, I don't care about his monologues, his, Oh, please stop me. Blah, 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 blah. And then you get this ridiculous scene at the end where Tara is listening to his notes and trying to figure out, cause he's such a compelling and strange figure. But then she talks a bunch of nonsense about other serial killers. So it's like, yeah, no, like he didn't actually the son of Sam didn't actually think he was getting messages from a dog. That's just a lie he told to try and get out of jail to try to get sent to a mental institution and, and instead of jail, you of all people should know that Tara Lewis.
1: Oh, I don't know if Tara is the one that says that. Oh, yeah, she is, oh, yes, one she is the one that says yeah, that she's at the the. One listening
0: to the at, yeah. No, no, it's at the beginning. She says that near the beginning well whenever she says it she is the one who says it. yeah but it's like she she you right. ends with I her can... like reading the listening to his notes and of how fascinating this guy is and i'm like he's not fascinating he's just a guy who killed people because he was sad about being left by his parents like this there's, there's nothing like there's no depth to him there's no other level he's not an interesting figure he's just like a guy who's mad about his parent not having parents and now he's lashing out. Cause that's it. You know? <laughs> like there's there's no other level. He's not an interesting person. The only thing the episode has going for it is they try to do a bunch of fantasy sequences inside his head. Like, where he sees the his version of what people say and his version of, you know a happy ending where he shoots David Rossi instead of David Rossi shooting him. But it's like, there's nothing to sink your teeth into in this episode because it is the word you always use. So thank you for that one. Perfunctory. Yeah.
1: Like it's uh, yeah, all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the more it's... interesting part of this show is, is uh, David Rossi and Matt talking at the end,
0: the end. I know, which by the way, um, maybe my favorite, like, because we always talk about how oblivious people are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to who they are yep. on this show. Like, these are the least analyzed people in the world. <laughs> like, they're all psychologists, but all of them have no idea who they themselves are. And this is <laughs> the greatest example in the entire show. So they start talking about PTSD. Yeah. And then David Rossi says, and I'm going to use an exact quote here because it's so mind boggling that he says this, that I have lived my life with a sliver of arrogance. (laughs) Yeah, I know. A sliver? (laughs) You are the most arrogant person in the history of the show. You are more arrogant than the serial killers you chase. And do you know how I know that? Because the serial killers you chase are mentally deficient, and even they feel some sort of guilt or acknowledgement that what they were doing is wrong. You killed two people. You murdered two people and think you are 100% justified in doing so. He did it's it the twice, People, him. he murdered two people on this show. Two helpless people were murdered by David Rossi because he was angry because they killed his friend both times. That happened to him twice, and he killed them. And he feels no remorse, no guilt, and doesn't for question question for a second that he did the right thing. And he thinks he has just a sliver of arrogance. Jesus Christ, Rossi! And now he has PTSD. And now he has PTSD, because somebody got the drop on him but didn't kill him. And they keep... And it's interesting, because they keep making such big hay about the fact that the guy didn't kill him when he had the chance. And I'm like, A, he has no interest in killing men. B, uh, his kill ritual takes a bunch of minutes and he was being chased by the FBI, so... Why do you think he would kill you? Because yeah. uh, they act like it's some deep psychological, there's some deep psychological hook to the face-off killer not killing him and cutting his face off. When I'm like, but no part of his M.O. suggests that he would kill you. Mm-hmm. So why this obsession with this? And it's all to lead up to this, oh, well, we've got to find out about his father in the, the blah, next blah, two blah, episodes, blah, right? Yeah, but, I don't know what it's leading up to. Oh no, you know but what it's it, leading it, up to, you episodes, why... but it's infuriating because there's no lead up to it. There's no believable way that they could have thought this was important. Because it's not part of his M.O. to kill men and take their faces off. So why are you obsessing over this? Anyway, so yeah, uh, even that last scene I find incredibly frustrating, even if it's the... But it is the only interesting part of the episode, I'll agree with you on that one.
1: Okay, number one, I have Please. to say Bruce Zimmerman wasn't responsible for the drive-by because I don't think it was in this episode. Because this oh, episode begins, last week. it was the last one. It was rusty. Okay, so um, who wrote rusty? Pardon?
0: Who wrote uh, rusty? Two
1: people, Eric Stiller and Eric Erica Meredith. Two okay, so limited new people on the show. Yeah, um, I think uh, they were both around last year on in the writing
0: room, but. Anyway, but the point is, okay. they're both I, relatively I new people on the show, and yes. that's why they feel comfortable criticizing it so openly.
1: Yeah, doing the drive-by. Okay, so, and then in this show, the reason that the main episode is so perfunctory, I don't know why they even bother doing it sometimes, though, is because we end up with the Apprentice stuff, we end yeah. up with JJ stuff, and we end up with Rossi and Matt. Yes. And that takes up a third of the time.
0: That's true. Problem. They don't have any time to make the main story interesting because they've got to do so much pipe laying for, for all of the cha- other characters. And then,
1: yes, and then at the end of this show, they have the whole scene with the face-off killer. So, so you've got at least... So, you're right.
0: You take 15 minutes for all the characters, well, no, all 10 minutes for all the characters serving, 3 minutes for the face-off killer, yeah. suddenly you've got 24 minutes... And it's only a 37-minute episode. Suddenly, you've only got 24 minutes to do an entire Criminal Minds plot. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. No wonder it's so underwritten and uninteresting. They literally yep. didn't have time to do an episode. So, no, they had to go Hey boom, guys. Boom, 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 Maybe take the lesson from Sunday. Sunday? Saturday. The episode Saturday. And, like, just don't have a killer this week. Like, if you want to explore the characters' lives, you want to get them all suited and ready to make the big decisions in the final two episodes, maybe before the final two episodes, just don't have there be a murder and do an episode all about the characters.
1: Yeah, well, somebody didn't think of that.
0: Well, no, not didn't think of. Somebody didn't trust the audience to, watch an ep- to accept an episode where there wasn't a crime. You know, even the, even the episodes where they did go off book that we talk about so fondly, there was always a crime.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: even in, even in Saturday, there's still a stalker. Even yeah. in the, the stalker episode, there's both the stalker and the woman who killed her husband. Like there's always a crime in this show. They would never take an episode just for the characters, Mm-mm. which I think is a tragedy. Yeah, but like, this I really one... think it's a tragedy. Mm hmm.
1: But never mind, they don't, yeah, they don't no, make they it. No,
0: they don't trust their audience and they never have. I get it.
1: You know. <laughs> um, or maybe they couldn't have written it. I mean, you would have needed, <laughs> maybe they couldn't have They would have, have, have needed
0: better writers. Yeah, that is possible. Somebody, Somebody would have had to
1: spend time and then who knows what would have happened. But yeah, because we never, I mean, the thing with JJ. And, and yeah. it's clear here that she's just being offered a job. She is yes. not being offered a job to run
0: the New Orleans. Yeah, it's weird that they changed that between the two episodes.
1: Well, we'll we'll talk about that next week.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that next week.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah this... here she's obviously just offered a high up position in the New Orleans field office, which honestly would be a good fit for her. You should get away from these people and this world. Yes. And... You'll be happier. You'll see your kids. Yes. And there'll be
1: family and your mother can come yeah. and visit and, you know, you'll have a big extended structure. To fit I still find it
0: weird that suddenly, suddenly the kids have cousins down. Well, in... yes,
1: I know. Uh, clearly, clearly
0: Junior has brothers Apparently and sisters. Apparently Junior has siblings He's that have never come up before. Okay. Clearly. Maybe I'm happy for him, but that was, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, he's got an extended family, you know, he, obviously he has an extended family down there. He'd be happy working in New Orleans. It'd be a good fit for you. Like, and it's not like they offer, uh, it's not, not like they go around offering these things to you out of nowhere. Obviously you applied or yes. someone put in a word for you Well, because they don't just say, yeah.
1: No, she does say that she had applied. Yeah, she did apply because she found she out there first... was an opening. Yeah, when she was first I, with with Junior, I guess she put in yeah. an application, and then nothing c- ever came of it. So,
0: and now they're finally saying, "Oh, maybe she would be good a fit for down here, and we yeah, need well, up some people." So we, there you go.
1: Yeah, we know that the FBI has been going through some real turmoil. It's watch <laughs> wait, wait. NC. Well, NCIS. If you watch NCIS, Louisiana. New Orleans, New Orleans. Oh, sorry,
0: New called, Orleans. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, you will understand that the FBI has had some serious issues down in New Orleans and maybe JJ can
0: come down and fix those problems. Clean things up. Ooh. Now I'm kind of curious. Even though, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I made the mistake of, uh, watching a bunch of true crime stuff and, uh, let's just say the, um, the NCIS is not the great organization that, uh, the, those shows would suggest it is. <laughs> hey. Hey.
1: But over okay, there? Okay. In, yeah. in that in that particular alternate universe that they create, because They're you can fantastic. just think they you know, they do create these worlds. Um That's and I mean New Orleans is distinctly different. No, it is. It absolutely is from, from I've seen I have seen original of
0: it, and it is very different from the original or LA, which is just a terrible spot. Oh, I,
1: I can't even watch the LA. It's I tried it's such once. a bad show. I tried once, and I just went, I can't do this.
0: I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm glad Linda Hunt's getting a paycheck. But... Yeah, well, no,
1: that was it. That was me, too. That was the only reason that I thought, well, you know, Linda Hunt's in it. Maybe it'll work. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I guess I never got over The that the, when they first announced the show. It's like the main character will be a guy who is former naval intelligence, who always went undercover and, you know, is so busy with these various personalities he barely has a personality of his own because he's such a good chameleon going in and out of things who are we going to hire for that? Um, Chris O'Donnell? <laughs> the most flat lifeless actor in the world A man well, who has never played a character that wasn't Chris O'Donnell <laughs> Yeah hey, wait. It's true no, that's funny. Uh, but again, enough drive-bys. It's it's a frustrating... I mean, honestly, it's a frustrating episode just because, like, it, it honestly feels... And again, if I'm going too far here, call me on it, please, because I know I can be a real jerk about this stuff. I was about to say sometimes, all the time. Okay? But when I watch this episode, it, it honestly feels to me like they knew the show was ending, so they didn't have to try. That's what this episode feels like. It feels like, well, we're all only going to be here a couple more weeks. Who cares? That's what this episode feels like. They're like, we've got to do 20 minutes of a serial killer killing people. So what do you want to see? I don't know. I read a short story one time where there are a bunch of hands hanging from a tree. Done. There's going to be a bunch of hands hanging from a tree. Why? Who cares? Yeah. Well, That is what this feels like
1: okay, and what i what I was going to say it goes back to my I call it the template, but they also the template has a rubric right and yes. the and the rubric is you have to tick off right, yeah, everything, and at the end of and then you have to hand that in at the end of of writing the episode to make sure that you've ticked off yeah I, you know here's I mean, the
0: checklist of how many women have to you know be abused in the episode. here's, here's the, the checklist th- oh wait wait did did you remember to victimize a sex worker? No, okay. We'll go back and make sure that gets on the checklist. <laughs> you know, here's your checklist from the template.
1: Here's your yep. checklist. Like it's sort of like you know telling my students, okay, here's the rubric. Make sure you know of how your I. Essays
0: mark. have to have X, <laughs> Y, and Z, or they're not going to count. <laughs>
1: you know, I mean that's how it feels. I mean, it really it feels. Just yeah. like the template and the rubric. And they've no, ticked I mean, off all again,
0: of them. Again, th- you're right. This feels like the format. This feels less like a Criminal Minds episode than the format of a Criminal Minds episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Ugh. Yeah, so it's frustrating. Which means, sorry for not engaging with that this episode more. If this was your favorite episode, we're sorry. You should probably <laughs> watch a second episode. Um, but the only interesting things about this episode are literally that it's the pieces where they're setting up the off ramps of the various characters and David Rossi saying literally the most like unself, blinkered, unbelievable, uh, this man has no self-awareness statement that the character has ever said. Those are the only interesting things about this entire episode, but those are pretty interesting. <laughs>
1: You know, I mean, the, the a sliver
0: name. of arrogance. Oh yes. My God, a David. A
1: sliver of arrogance.
0: A sliver of and, arrogance.
1: And, and, and I think we've already talked before about my my argument that the man served three tur- tours in Vietnam. Don't tell me he doesn't have PTSD. Well, we know he has PTSD. Yeah. And, and, and it's, he, he just
0: runs away from
1: place. it. He just, yeah. And so he never puts himself in a situation yeah, where it's going to come up. And then um, this is the first yes. situation that he has not been in complete control of. And oh, yeah. yeah, and he got whacked up the yep. side of the head. And anyway, suddenly
0: boom. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so- all right. So wh- next week we are. Oh, my God. Doing the last two episodes of Criminal Minds ever. Woof. Uh, they are called face off. Okay,
1: and then the last one is called and in the end.
0: I mean, when when we heard the the like the preview and them talking about this episode, she's like, "Well, there's a time jump," and I'm like, "Oh, how far in the future they're going to go? Two weeks? They went two weeks." <laughs> yeah. <in the>
1: <laughs> and Reed Reed gets out of the hospital remarkably quickly from a brain injury.
0: Yes, you know. So well, I mean. uh. J.J. had a collapsed lung, so. <laughs> and she was at work next week. She was literally at work, you know, five days later. So, I honestly, it's shocking he was in J- in bed for that long with his brain injury. It it kind of makes him look weak compared to the rest of them. <laughs> Sorry, oh, but seriously, that's right. I mean, we, we made it, everybody. We did it. The last two episodes of From Home Office. Uh So join us back here next week for those two, if you want to rewatch them. I, I'm assuming if you're a fan of the show, you watched these when they originally aired. I can't say for sure. Uh If you're just listening to us, thank you. If you're only watching this show because you're enjoying t- doing it with us, we really appreciate that. Uh Seriously, though, if you want to watch them, do that. Because we're going to be here for those two episodes next week, and then the week after we're going to do a largely experimental podcast where we try to figure out what criminal minds means uh <laughs> okay. maybe it means nothing we we haven't we haven't figured we have not done a lot of talking beforehand but it's like at the end of any kind of academic endeavor which is i think how we both look at this you have to look at you have to examine all of the data and figure out what the data is telling you, and that is what we're going to do with <laughs> Criminal Minds.
1: All 324 episodes.
0: 324 episodes. We're going to spend who the hell knows how long, I can't predict how long that episode's going to be, Uh, trying to figure out exactly, well, what was Criminal Minds saying this whole time? Yes. What is it
1: telling us about the culture in which it's been created?
0: Because, and I I think this is the important thing to remember. It doesn't matter what your intent is. All art is inherently political. It just, it can't not be political. Because any uh, art, even if you're not attempting to send a message, even if you're like, oh, I'm just representing the real world, well, in attempting to represent the real world, you focus on th- certain things and you leave out other things, and that tells us things about the artist. Right? That's, that is what we mean when we say all art is political, because your priorities are always referenced in the art you create. Even if you're like, uh, even if you're a landscape painter, you have told me you believe Nature is the only thing worth preserving. So there you go. Like, <laughs> it's true. I mean, you think the group of seven weren't disgusted with, uh, urban life and, uh, Canadian society? Why else? There's would a reason they, have... they all went and hid in the woods and painted <laughs> ducks and lakes. And, and then and one of them killed of another one and it was kind of amazing.
1: Yes. Well, you know, I mean, these things happen.
0: I <laughs> you know, but it's like, The group of seven is, like, literally just a bunch of painters who painted lakes, and then there was a murder mystery. It's kind of incredible. But anyway. The uh... pine tree. The yes. effin' pine tree. I oh, know. I kind not get that If story. you're not Canadian, and more specifically, if you're not from Ontario, there's a good chance you have no idea what we're talking about, and we're sorry about that. But there are a lot of books. You can just type the group of seven into Google, and there are a ton of books, oh, and-, and even documentaries about these people. It's... It's really one of the most amazing stories about artists you're ever going to see. Yeah,
1: you you can just see the whole the whole thing and the some of the art, some of it I like, some of it I don't like. Some of it is wonderful, but I I'll try and get the story from my girlfriend, Jenny. She was she took art right, and there was this story about, um, and that was that that was the tagline was the fuck the effing pine tree, (laughs) (laughs) which you have to. I don't know if we could. Almost like I want to put up a a, a little a, a picture, but go look up um Tom. What the hell? Who who did the?
0: Oh God! Uh, um, uh, just a minute. Yeah, yeah, Just look it up. But anyway, while she's looking that up, I'll continue. So yes, it is. It is fair to say it is a cliche, but it's also one hundred percent true that all art is inherently political because it references how either a how you think the world is. Or how you think the world should be, right? And you are saying that whenever you create art, whether you realize it or not. And Criminal Minds is going to be difficult to come up with a single unifying theory of because it has two major creative forces in the showrunner position and any number of writers behind the scenes. Yeah. But the fact is, there is something, something. At, I believe there is something at the core of criminal minds that we're going to try to figure out over however long it takes in that podcast after we're done. And of course the week after that, the show becomes a style section, the wise guy podcast, which I know there's a chance we might lose a bunch of you. And I'm sorry if we do, Um, we will continue being back for more profiling related content. We're watching prodigal son you know, we'll watch other historical shows. We're probably gonna check out Touching Evil at some point. So there's gonna be more profiling-related stuff here, but for now we are gonna become style section, the Wise Guy Podcast, because nobody's doing a podcast about Wise Guy, which is crazy, because Wise Guy is literally top five TV shows of all time. And it's the only one of the top five TV shows of all time that nobody talks about. <laughs>
1: Well, because people don't know how to talk about it. I swear. Because the only thing you can do is complain about a bunch of, like, 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 people who don't love it. Yeah. Have got lots and lots of complaints to make about it, and they're all justified. Remember yeah. I sent you up, I sent you up a link once of this, this one guy who had watched. He watched it to, I don't know about se- season, four or five or something and we
0: there's only four seasons but yes
1: no, not wise guy I'm
0: talking about oh, criminal I'm ta- minds
1: I'm talking about criminal minds
0: right that was not clear
1: oh I'm sorry yeah it was funny and he had all of these different complaints about it and I'm looking ah, well it's sort of like us
0: but <laughs> exactly. we
1: went through the whole thing yeah Um. but the problem is that it does have I mean even the woman who brought me my car yeah. like I rent cars so they bring them to my house now during yeah. COVID-19. And, right, yeah, oh, yeah, I watched that. And she's going, well, I don't remember how far I got. Obviously,
0: clearly, <laughs> everybody. everybody Criminal Minds.
1: So many people dropped it, though, about season nine. I swear that's about the yeah. season nine, maybe 10, but uh, by 11. And by the time they dropped, dropped Fired Hotch. So we'll talk about that. What I wanted to say is people just put in group of seven uh, pine tree yeah okay and images and you will see why they say the effin pine tree but <laughs> the person we're talking about the most famous pine tree picture yeah is called the jack pine i think and it's um i think it's tom thompson
0: tommy thompson yes thank you and, i'm like why can't i remember and, his tommy's last tom, name because yeah, it's tom very thompson. stupid
1: yes tom thompson yeah right and there's just so many and um if you really want to understand what Northern Ontario is like and Algonquin Park.
0: It's all uh, right there. It's
1: all all in these paintings. The you know, there's the one that isn't like uh Lawrence, uh whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there is a couple of people that move into sort of impressionism stuff and um no,
0: absolutely. But I mean the whole point of their retreat was to develop as artists, so that's not a surprise. Yeah.
1: And um yeah, they are I mean, the thing is they're stunning. It's just you know, um this is a time before It's a lot of
0: pine trees.
1: Before photography. But it's a lot of pine trees. It's a, it's a lot, a of, pine lot trees. of pine trees.
0: Yeah. All right, so um we're gonna On go. that note Uh, On that note, yeah. um, Style section should be wonderful. It's not our favorite TV show of all time for no reason. Uh, It is a magnificent show. And luckily, all of it is available on um, Prime. You can watch the whole thing on Prime, which is fantastic. Except for the episodes that can never be watched anywhere, which we promise we will track down copies of and make it so you can watch with us. They gotta be somewhere. We're gonna find them. Uh, so that should be fun. Um, I mean, I literally have videotapes of them, so maybe I can <laughs> digitize my videotapes of these episodes that are unfindable otherwise. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's a magnificent show, Wise Guy. You can watch all of it, but I'm gonna make, I'm gonna start prepping you for this now. If you want to get it, jump on Wise Guy and watch it. This is gonna sound strange, but don't read the descriptions of episodes on Amazon, because the descriptions of the episodes tell you the entire plot of every episode including every twist in that episode. So,
1: don't read the Yeah, and so we don't will read the descriptions.
0: Not it's reading. bad enough that the um the episodes have preserved the tonight on Wise Guy and then they show you like 20 seconds of all of the major plot developments in that week's episode. I'm like, you didn't trust the audience to just watch your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were the days we'll be talking those about were that. The days. And should we Well talk- you had to keep people from turning the channel. It was the nineteen eighties. And your most terrifying thing was, what if someone turns the channel? So every show had a tonight on so and so, and here's the six most exciting things that are gonna happen this week because they're terrified you're gonna flip over to Remington Steel.
1: <laughs> oh God. And that is a show that does not in any way, shape, or form hold up. Hold up.
0: Okay. no it's not that's why i used to this example don't get me wrong the man's charming the man's always going to be charming it's not a good tv show <laughs> no. um okay so it's should, not a good tv show at all
1: so, so should we tell them about the other one that we're thinking of doing
0: no not yet not no, yet no, no, not okay. until we're farther in and honest uh, not until we're farther in. um we do have another podcast plan that isn't profiling criminal minds but we want to make sure we are 100% ready and have everything locked down before we start it. I'm very excited about this podcast. Sheila's very excited about this podcast and we want to tell you about it. But again, we want it to be ready before we announce it because we don't want to announce, Oh, we've got a podcast upcoming in four months. You're going to get the first episode. So well, we'll announce it when it's ready.
1: Okay. And, but the thing is, is that hopefully it will be ready. Um, so that we can announce it and I, we will make a separate little podcasty thing to announce yeah. the new, new one and we'll put it at the end of criminal minds so that if you feel hopefully, like, switching yes. over yeah, hopefully,
0: hopefully, um hopefully, oh yeah, no, I mean, people aren't going to be listening to this episode we're recording right no. now for seven months. Look, i we're going to, yeah. So we're going to have it ready by then, but I just yeah. don't want to promise anything because I don't believe in pro- making promises. I can't keep okay i think it's a very bad idea all right so um for example people have long uh uh right now i'm almost finishing editing t- together my little video about all of the license plate issues <laughs> that i've been promising for so long don't worry it's that's sitting that's on almost your google docs i know Oh, no, that's just a tiny fraction of the license plate. So it's sitting in my Google Docs. Uh, so that should be fun. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I probably should have talked about it more. All right, we'll see you back here on Tuesday for, I think, the last episode of us talking about Gone. So that should be fun. And we're going to be back here next Thursday for the stuff that really matters. The final two episodes of Criminal Minds ever, until we get that, re- until they let us make that Reed reboot we're obsessed with. And, uh, what is Reed up to, I wonder? Uh, <laughs> so we'll see you back here for that. Oh my god, and then we can do a whole season arc where they have to catch Tara who's murdering people. Oh, <laughs> it's part of our pitch, everybody. Tara's been killing people this whole time off camera, and we had no idea.
1: except for. Dan and yeah. Dr. Redmond.
0: <laughs> yes, we're the ones who figured it out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh,
1: we're getting, we're getting,
0: um, so far away from the point. I know, I know, I know. No, no, what uh, I was
1: going to say is we're oh, just getting drunk, happy, you
0: know? Yes, we are. That's how much we're enjoying this. We're, getting, to the <laughs> we're end. getting drunk on our own joy as we get to the end and we don't have to, uh, Uh, And we don't have to, like, torture ourselves with these terrible seasons of Criminal Minds anymore. Criminal Minds, where every season was worse than the season before it. Uh, And there were 15 of them, so that should give you an idea of how bad it got by the end. Uh, I know. Uh, So yes, we'll see you back here for that, but until then... Oh yes, if you have any questions, if you have any uh, comments, if you have any suggestions... For, for profiling related fiction you think we should check out drop us a line at profiling at gmail.com we would love to hear from you we'll see you back here for more uh next week but until then i'm going to say that's right au revoir and have a good weekend profiling criminal minds is a member of the kinks podcasting network